Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us, as always, at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media by searching for the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. Our website, thesecretteachings.info, has our full show archive. Even if you're not a subscriber, you can listen to the show, find links to the show on different podcast or radio players. But if you want to get rid of the monetized advertisements and listen to the show without those ads, you can subscribe to get access to that archive, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and more. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today to support the show. When you subscribe or when you buy one of my books, they're listed on the website with reviews from other radio hosts and authors. You support us and you keep us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. I want to thank all of you who have not only subscribed in the past week, we've had a few new subscribers, but I've had about six or seven people buy books. A few people bought uh, more than one book. So I really appreciate that because if you don't do that, we're not here. We don't have millions of dollars. We don't have thousands and thousands of dollars uh, uh, every month in advertisements that were paid. We are strictly listener supported. So thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings. I really didn't know where to start with tonight's show because last night and the night before were very, very hyper-focused on food and very hyper-focused on different angles and different perspectives on things that a lot of us don't think about, regardless of what side of the political or what side of the food or what side of the whatever argument that, uh, you know, that we, we uh, subscribe to. And that seems to be how everything is broken down, of course. There's, just, there's always two sides. There's never any, any balance. There, there can never be a moderate middle ground. Because to one side or the other, being moderate means you're with the enemy. I mean, that's with something as simple as food, right? We discussed this last night. You've got people that tell you that you should only be a vegan and that you should only eat plants, but then the people that are vegan end up just eating uh, a bunch of processed junk food and they're just as malnourished as people who only eat meat. And there's a way to balance it out in the middle. And of course, you know, we get these fallacies like, well, eat an orange, get your vitamin C. I mean, that's what the orange industry wants you to know, though. That's what the orange juice industry wants you to know. But an orange doesn't have as much vitamin C as a pepper. And it's the same thing with meat. It's like, well, eat your meat or you're not going to get, you know, cholesterol. It's like, well, your body makes cholesterol, so you don't need to get it in meat. Oh, what about your vitamin A? Well, you get that in plants as well. So regardless of which way you slice any subject, any topic, it feels like it's more difficult to find moderation in anything. And the irony of it is, I believe, that moderation today is almost seen as extremism. That's a big irony. Because if you're not one extreme or the other extreme, and you're more moderate about an idea or, an, or a subject or a topic, that must mean you're extreme. And to me, that is, um, that's unacceptable, that the public consciousness is, is swaying in that direction. Or maybe that's just how it feels. 
Maybe that's how it feels. You know, I actually had a, I had an interaction with a woman. I told this story about three months ago. I had this interaction with a woman. I was walking in my uh, little apartment complex and this woman drove by and she saw that I had a shirt on that said Joe Biden for a nursing home. I think it's a funny shirt, regardless if you like Joe Biden or not. It's a funny shirt. So I, I, um, I was stopped by this woman in the car and she said, oh, right, Joe Biden. All right. Clearly indicating that she liked Joe Biden. And I said, yeah, Joe Biden, $5 a gallon for gas, war in Ukraine and, uh, you know, selling the country out to China. And, you know, I just listed a couple things off the top of my head. And she screams at me as she drives away. And she said, it's better than having a lunatic in the White House. And so as she's at, like, she's not driving fast, so she's driving away, she screams at me. And I said, oh, so you'd rather have, uh, you'd rather just, you know, I went to the extreme. I said, oh, you'd rather have nuclear war then. And, I, and she said, I'd rather have nuclear war than Donald Trump in the White House. And I thought, well, did my shirt say I supported Donald Trump? I don't support Donald Trump. I support some of his policies, but I don't support Donald Trump. So I don't know where she gets that from, but she apparently thought I was a Trump supporter because I had a Biden shirt on. That's just how the, the left-right paradigm works. But she said she'd rather have nuclear war than $2 a gallon gas. I, I didn't really understand what it meant. But apparently some people are proponents of having, I guess, nuclear conflict or they're proponents of having their cities decay and drugs and homelessness uh, infest the streets. And to the point where places like Portland and large parts of Washington state and pretty much any city that is that is not more moderate or right leaning tends to be, in my experience, everywhere I've lived tends to be a disgusting cesspit. The only exception to that, I could say, is Boise. Boise, Idaho is a very blue state. You've got the blue football, or blue city, rather. It's a red state. Very blue city. Uh, but then again, when I lived there, they started opening the door uh, in Boise to mass uh, immigration, and they had no restrictions on what you know people that were being brought there could do. So trash started to pile up, and homelessness started to get worse. And Boise was a really nice place to live until that happened. So when I look at these issues, like when I drive downtown Tucson or when I even walk down the street here to go to the grocery store, it's just like it's homelessness. It's, it's needles and drugs. It's everywhere. And it's getting it's getting worse. Circumstantially and empirically, it's getting worse. And you start maybe asking the question, why? How? How? How is this getting worse? Why is this getting worse? Do people in power not want to do anything about this? Do they not want to fix these problems? Do they not want to do they not know how to fix these problems? Or do they just not care? And I guess it's the same It's the same thing with whether you're on the right or left. So I take a more moderate approach to things. And when I look at a state like Arizona, sure, it's leaning to the right, the legislature and the governor. But, I mean, it's unfortunate. Arizona is, in my view, kind of on the decline. And there's a lot of states that are really nice states, really nice cities, left or right, doesn't matter. But the drugs and the homelessness and the crime are out of control. And we have to wonder why people in power don't want to do anything or how they don't know how to, to fix these problems. I, I, I find that fixing these problems would be pretty easy. You know, if I had millions of dollars, I'd run for governor. I'd run for something. And I could, I guarantee I could fix the problems in 48 hours. I'd fix them in 24 hours. 
Hell, I'll fix them in the first few hours in office. Be pretty simple to solve these problems. But that kind of tells us that some people want these problems to be to be present because it terrifies the public. You know, if you have homelessness and drugs and crime, people are scared. So they're going to continue to vote for what amounts to a political mafia could be GOP, could be Democrat. It doesn't really matter to keep them in power so that they can solve the problems that their lack of enforcement of the law or policy, et cetera, was responsible for creating in the first place, really. And just like that woman's comment, I'd rather have nuclear war. She literally said that to me. I'd rather have nuclear war than pay less money for gas because something to do with Trump and Putin and I, I don't know, January 6th probably. It doesn't, really, it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, she, see, she was, driving a, she was driving a nice car and she, I, I would assume she probably owns her, her townhome here in this complex. I don't know for sure. So she's probably not poor, She's probably not ultra wealthy, but she had a really nice car. She can maybe she can afford to pay more money for gas. Maybe that's that's the thing. She can afford to pay it, so it's you know it's all okay. And for some people, that's how it is. I can afford this. I, I don't have to live in the filth. I don't have to live in the squalor. I don't have to see the homelessness unless I go downtown. So it doesn't really matter to me. That's how I feel like a lot of people. I know that a lot of people feel that way. So all these ideas are bouncing around my head. They're all bouncing around my head, and I'm trying to think what what would be. What would be the best uh, way to approach what I want to discuss tonight? Because no matter how I bring this topic up, it's going to be looked at, no matter how moderately I bring it up, it's going to be looked at as a political subject. And well, I don't really know how to, maybe I'm not smart enough. I don't know how to approach it where, when, it, when it's not political, when it's dealing with political things. I, I just want to remind you, because this story has been largely forgotten, I want to remind you that a few weeks ago, well, a few months ago, but a few weeks ago, it made made it back into the news. A few months ago, there was a a um, there was a story about Joe Biden, President Joe Biden's daughter Ashley, and her diary that was found, basically just left behind in a room like Hunter Biden's laptop. And I want to remind you what the diary said because. It was a story for some short amount of time. People that are politically on the right, they took it for political advantage, and, but it didn't last very long. Well, I, w- I want to remind you what the diary actually said. The diary said, and this is, just, this is just a scan of two of the pages, just a scan of two pages. The diary said that, and this is Ashley, Joe Biden's daughter, that at a young age, She was having, quote, sex with friends, sex with friends at a young age, and, quote, showers with my dad. That's all the same sentence. I remember having sex with friends at a young age and showers with my dad. And then there's parentheses, probably not appropriate. And in the very next sentence, this is all grouped together, it's not separate, being turned on when I wasn't supposed to be. So... When you're writing this in your diary, and even when I was a kid, I had a little diary. You're writing, writing this in your diary. I mean, I, I would assume that most people have the ability to process and coherently uh, express their thoughts and their feelings. So they don't, they don't just jump around like multiple personalities. They just like, it's, it's, a, it's a stream of consciousness and a stream of thought. So if you say, 
I remember having sex with my friends at a young age and then not even pausing. You just you break the sentence and then go right to sharing showers with my dad. Probably not appropriate. And then again, break the sentence being turned on when I wasn't supposed to be. That's that's a little bit strange, don't you think? You're mixing sex when you're very young. So I don't know how young, but very young with showering with your dad inappropriately and then being turned on. That's, I mean, for any sensible person, we'd say something's wrong there, right? Something's very wrong. She also says she remembers, and I, I cannot make out the word because of the way it's written, but she's, she's doing something to, quote, I remember something, quote, my vagina during overhearing or due to overhearing parents having sex. Uh, so, so she's doing something to her vagina while listening to her father and her mother ha- or whoever have sex. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a prude, but I find that to be disturbing. Uh, I don't think you have to not be a prude to find that disturbing. I think that you have to be a, a moral person uh, who is, well, for all intents and purposes, opposed to incest and child abuse and specifically the abuse of your own children. Uh, I find that to be very disturbing and very alarming. And what the only thing that might be more disturbing and alarming than that is that nobody wants to talk about it. And it's no different than the, the Jeffrey Epstein story when it first broke. When that story first broke, and we had been discussing Jeffrey Epstein for years previous, and there have been other radio shows that were discussing it long before I ever got in radio, and we were, t- we were telling people, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, people like Jeffrey Epstein, this is, this is blackmail. This is like the, the Franklin scandal. You have top politicians involved with these children with drugs and sex and BJs and you name it because it's for blackmail. It's for control. And, you know, to be fair, not everybody who ever met Jeffrey Epstein is a pedophile or most people aren't even pedophiles. They're just they're compromised. So. Yeah, because, you know, someone like uh, Bill Clinton went to the island doesn't necessarily mean Bill Clinton's involved. But the fact that there was a a painting of Bill Clinton in in a blue dress with those those red heels is probably indicative of the power and the influence that Epstein had over Bill Clinton through the compromising videos and photos that he had of the of the president. Uh, Likewise. Just because, you know, Donald Trump met Jeffrey Epstein a number of times doesn't mean Donald Trump's, you know, involved in that. Is it likely? I really don't know. I would say it's it's probable, but I don't know. I, I mean, Trump was the only person to uh, to agree to go along with the investigation. So I don't know. And that's not the point. I don't really care. My point and my point of view is not to defend or de- demean somebody Uh on the left or the right, politically, I, I don't. That, none of that matters to me. What I'm concerned about was when the f- story first broke, nobody on the left and nobody on the right, once again, wanted to discuss it. And I tried to figure out why in my, my head, you know, in between shows every week, why does nobody want to discuss this subject? Is it just too, is it too close? Like, there's, there's children involved, people have children, they don't want to hear about children being abused or hurt or you know, children being kidnapped and trafficked. Is it that or is it because it damages both the political left and the political right? I mean, look at Alan Dershowitz. Remember that guy, Alan Dershowitz and people on the right love Alan Dershowitz. He's a great lawyer, Uh, maybe. But remember the guy 
who he, he, he said that he went and got a massage at the island, but don't worry, he didn't take his underwear off. As if that's supposed to make you know him seem less sleazy and less like a scumbag. He literally said, I wish I could find the clip. He literally said, well, I, I, yeah, I got the massage. I didn't know how young she was, but I got the massage anyway. And um, but I didn't take my underwear off. I mean, I, I find that strange. Like if if you're you're going to some some guy's island where you're Alan Dershowitz, you I mean, hell, I'm Ryan Gable. I know what's going on at that island. So if you're Alan Dershowitz. You have to know what's going on at that island. And you go to the island and you get massages and the girl comes in and you can tell she's really young. And your response is, well, I'll, I'll let her massage me. I just won't take my tidy whities off. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much more clear it could be. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. What I care about is your involvement in things like this. Remember uh, Representative Cawthorn about, was it two months ago, something like that? He said that when he was first uh, introduced into Congress, he was, he was invited to orgies. And he saw people, a lot of people that, you know, specifically more conservative people who were anti-drugs, but they were just doing bumps of cocaine. They were doing lines of cocaine as, you know, people that represented, you know, the war on drugs, but they were doing the drugs. I mean, that's how power and absolute power corrupt and corrupt absolutely. And it's not just this Cawthorn guy. It's not just Jeffrey Epstein. It's the Ashley Biden diary. And this isn't even blackmail. This is Joe Biden's daughter who says she's showering with her dad and that she's being turned on when she wasn't supposed to be. Her words, not mine. I wasn't supposed to be turned on. Right after she says she took showers with her dad. So it's one thing to like, you're taking a shower with your dad and it's inappropriate, but then also you're turned on are you turned on because you're taking a shower with your dad like what the hell is going on here and then you're doing something to your vagina that's what she says that's not me exaggerating she says my vagina she's doing something to it it's it, you can't really read it due to overhearing parents having sex and it i mean it goes it goes on and on and on and on and on there there's there's so much more and uh, it's disturbing because I mean, this isn't Jeffrey Epstein. This is like, this is just within a family. So then you look at the Hunter Biden laptop story. And remember how the media said, oh, that's not true. None of that's true. And then it turns out, well, it actually is true. Uh, and we don't know exactly because they haven't, they, a lot of people can't even look at the stuff that's on the laptop. A lot of people don't want to look at what's on the laptop. We, we can only hear speculation uh, about what was on there, specifically, well, about little girls being raped and specifically little Chinese girls being raped and traded as part of the the deal made with the, the communist government of China with Hunter Biden for access to Joe Biden, his father as vice president, for access to the White House, to the President Barack Obama. So, I mean, th- th- this is treason and this is, you know, this is this is on a on a whole nother level for the average person who doesn't understand that these things, this is the way that the world works. And now, this is within the last week, the Secret Service confirmed 
The Secret Service confirmed this on Monday, but we heard about this last week. The Secret Service just confirmed, and I was waiting to do a show on this because I wanted to see if there would be an official confirmation of this, and there has been. The Secret Service has confirmed that the reports of the contents, not of Hunter Biden's laptop, but of his iCloud account, which was hacked, that those reports are true. The iCloud was hacked, and it exposed texts, pictures, and videos of Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, doing drugs and engaging in salacious activity, most of which is illegal. So, let's recap. You have Ashley Biden's diary, where she's taking inappropriate showers with her dad, being turned on, having very young sex with God knows who, she doesn't say, and touching or doing something, you can't read the word. It's, it's, I think it starts with a B, so maybe she says, uh, I don't know, berating, I don't know. She's doing something to her vagina when she listens to her parents have sex. That, this girl's messed up horribly, horribly. So that's her, that's her diary that she left behind almost in a subconscious, you know, maybe call for help. And it was found in a, in a, in a room. And then we have the, lot, the Hunter Biden laptop, which came out before the, the, the Ashley Biden diary. And the laptop, we don't know what's on it exactly, but we can assume that based on what we were told that's in the, in the laptop, once it was confirmed true, it's very similar to now what has been confirmed by Secret Service to be on Hunter Biden's iCloud account, which, which, I mean, which is just so stupid anyway. You take your laptop to a computer store and then you leave it and don't come back and get it because you're on drugs or you want to get caught. And then you put this, this material, whether it's, we don't know what it is, but like having sex with children and doing drugs and you put that on the iCloud. And these people aren't that smart. But the Secret Service has confirmed, no, it's true. The iCloud hack is true. The text messages, the pictures, the videos, it's all true. All of it's true. And meanwhile, the president's, you know, approval rating is is so low that it's astounding that anybody thinks that um, that this man is actually in charge of the country. And uh, whether you believe that uh, Joe Biden's the, the, the real president or not, this isn't about election integrity or election fraud or anything like that. It's just that when you look at the situation, look at what's happening, you, you start wondering, you know, Reality starts to feel off, like something's wrong. And, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight when we come back from break. Something's just wrong. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. So what we have so far is a Hunter Biden laptop with disturbing, illegal, and violent, even content, uh, dealing with children and drugs. We haven't seen that, but we've heard confirmation that it's laptops definitely true after the media told us that it wasn't. But that might not even be the big story. Another story is the Ashley Biden diary. That's confirmed to be true, where she says she's having underage sex, very young sex, and she's showering with her dad in the next sentence, believing that it was inappropriate, and then in the next sentence saying she was turned on, and then in two sentences after that, she says she's touching her vagina, listening to her parents have sex. Uh, Well, that would disturb uh, most people, uh, but I guess it it doesn't disturb uh, the five Joe Biden supporters who still support the president based on the new Uh, poll numbers. Then we just had confirmation on Monday. And again, I was waiting to get confirmation on this to find out whether it's true or not. So we can maybe talk about it on the show. Secret Service have confirmed that, well, they're aware of the reports. And it seems like the reports are true that Hunter Biden's iCloud account, which was hacked over the weekend, has indeed exposed texts, pictures, and videos of the president's son doing drugs and engaging in salacious activity and illegal activity. One video shows Biden measuring the amount of crack 
he had while in conversation with a prostitute. Another video shows Biden going down a water slide naked and texts allegedly revealed Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, claiming that President Joe Biden was in possession of five guns in 2019, despite campaigning on gun control. Well, see, this is this is something I've, I've experienced firsthand. I lived in Rochester, New York, and the mayor of that city, lovely Warren, this lady campaigned. And while she was in office, she politicized every issue of gun violence, every issue of drugs, every issue of police officers arresting uh, black folks. She was a huge supporter of gun control and getting you know drugs out of the hands of of, of black children. And but then she got caught with election issues, election fraud, uh, which the lieutenant governor of the state of New York uh, also uh Recently, I believe he was arrested for the same thing. I know he was he was guilty of it. I think they arrested him about a month and a half ago, two months ago. So the mayor of Rochester, while she's, you know, no guns, no drugs, I'm all for the black community. Well, when they investigated her at the state level. State police found she had an armory in her home with a lot of illegal, illegal guns. She also had just like big Piles of cocaine in her house. That's what the report said. Just like piles of cocaine, blocks of cocaine, like something, you know, uh, that you'd find on, on a boat off the coast of Miami. So she's got like all these weapons, all these drugs. And then she has a kid, too. She's got a kid running around. So she was charged with reckless endangerment of a child campaign, uh, campaign fraud, campaign finance fraud, uh, possession of illegal weapons, drugs. That's just the mayor of Rochester, just the mayor of Rochester, New York. Same one that issued all the stand down orders to let the city of Rochester burn, to burn the police cars, to let people get shot in the street, people get stabbed. I was living there. I literally I was living on Monroe Avenue. For those of you who have been to Rochester, my God, it's, it's like the skid row. It's the worst, worst place you could even probably live outside of J Street in Rochester. And I was living right off the, the, the side street there on, on Wilcock. You want to look up where I used to live and uh, people were being shot on the corner where the hot dog stand was it just all for Black Lives Matter. But then the mayor who was sponsoring that had a bunch of drugs and guns and all kinds. And then she, I mean, where were they selling the drugs to the black community? So, I mean, that is the most classic example of the modern day. She was a Democrat, Democratic plantation, modern day Democratic plantation. And so these videos on the iCloud, well, they, 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 they essentially show that Joe Biden is, uh, well, he's got his own guns and uh, his son is uh, addicted to prostitutes and drugs. And then we have the laptop and we can we can tell from what we've uh, what we've been told by uh, by sources that have access and have seen these things. It's not just drugs. It's uh, little kids being exchanged in a, in a blackmail operation, little Chinese girls being uh, raped and, and tortured and all sorts of other things. Now, like, I haven't seen the video, so maybe that's not true. I don't know. But this is, this is bad. This is bad. They had to make something up about former President Trump peeing on women or something or watching Shark Week with a, with a porn star. I mean, at least, at least he was having sex with porn stars. You know, at least he was... I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, here we have compromise and blackmail on a level that is like 
Hollywood-esque to the extreme. Young children, drugs, prostitutes, and your own children showering and kissing them on the lips like it's like it's like a third date or a fourth date, and you've been waiting to you know kiss this girl or kiss this boy. That's how, I mean, you see the the videos of it. Joe Biden's kissing his 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 uh, his family members like they're like they're lovers. It's it's really gross. I mean, I know some people kiss each other on the lips, but it's it's different when you watch what this guy's doing. I'm I'm not dismissing people or degrading people who just you know peck each other on the lips. That's customary in some cultures. Not when you're basically making out with your with your with your family though. That's that's a little bit different. So you've got incest, you've got rape, you've got torture, you've got drugs, you've got prostitution. These are all the classic signs of blackmail and compromise. So it's no wonder that even a majority of Democrats now don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election in 2024, according to a New York Times poll. 64% of Democratic voters say they prefer a new candidate in the upcoming presidential election, according to the survey. Only 13%, it's not a lot, only 13% believe the country is in, going in the right direction. You know what that 13% is closer to? It's closer to the so-called 1% who have the money to pay for the increasing cost of living. The rest of the country can't afford that. And even left-wing young people who have been brainwashed by Marxist ideology in colleges are recognizing, mm, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe this is, I can't afford to buy avocado toast. So this isn't a good idea. We need another person in the White House. Well, I guess, you know, despite that, Biden is going to seek re-election in 2024. Why not when every part of the establishment is behind you and when I mean, when your son can bang prostitutes, snort coke, and I mean, I haven't seen the video, but rape little Chinese girls, and you can kiss, you know, your family members like you're like you're starting a, a porno, and you your daughter, you've you've maybe even had sex with your daughter, but you've at least showered with her and turned her on. She says in her diary, I mean, you can get away with that. You'd be stupid not to rerun. You'd be stupid not to to run for reelection. I mean, you, you got you have to feel invincible, right? You've done everything. What are they going to get you on? Your son's banging prostitutes and, and, and doing lines of coke on video, and people can see it, and it's like, nah, it's okay, it's cool. We'll, we'll vote for him. I actually just went to, um, I tried to go to this uh, little restaurant here in Tucson. I wasn't in, uh, able to, uh, to eat there. Once I got there, I, I talked to them, and I really wasn't able to eat anything they had because I've got allergies, and I also just abstain from certain things. Like, I, know I don't, don't eat soy. And uh, I, I walk out, and uh, there were these two, two uh, homeless people behind the, the restaurant there. And, I mean, I'm armed, and I, I just, I'm always like, I've always got my hand ready for the gun because I've been in really bad situations before, and I've told myself I'm never going to let that happen again. That's why I got a gun anyway to defend myself. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a little bit shaky because these people definitely look like there's something wrong. And uh, they didn't do anything, though, so I got in the car. Uh, my, my fiance Hope was with me and we, we started the drive away and she starts laughing. She's like, did you see that guy? And I said, I know it's disgusting. She's like, no, I mean, did you see what he had in his hand? He just had a crack pipe. We were on a main road, you know, with a with a popular restaurant. This guy's got a crack pipe in the parking lot. And I said, actually, you know where he probably got the crack pipe? He probably he probably got it from that uh, that uh, uh, that Joe Biden um, policy where they were giving out. They were literally giving out crack pipes to crackheads. I mean, this is. This is where we are. And 
you know, we, we might ask questions like, how can some people support this? How, how do even, th- in this poll from the New York Times, how does 13% of the country support that? How? Because even the, the left-wing crazy Marxists at the universities, on average, the young people, they don't even support it, according to this new poll. And, and you know, polls can be made up and whatever, but, I mean, generally speaking, people do not support any of this garbage. So where, where is the support coming from? It's not coming from the people. I mean, some people, sure, and some people are hysterical. I, but then again, I'd like to know where do those people vote when they actually go to the polls? Do they, do they still vote blue no matter who, or do they vote for the candidate based on merit and based on what they're going to do, not based on the color of their tie or their sexual identity? What do they actually do when they go to the polls? So, I mean, we're, we're coming up on the election here uh, on August 2nd, about three weeks away, uh, for um, for governor. And they've already sent out the, the, the mail-in ballots to everybody, even though I signed on my you know my registration form independent i signed that i want to vote in person i don't want a paper ballot and guess what arrives at my my mailbox a paper ballot they sent me one anyway so i'm not going to fill it out i'm going to shred it and i'm going to actually go to a polling place and i'm i'm, I'm going to actually vote um and I, I i mean i haven't voted for 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 i think i voted for president i voted for ron paul that was it and although I'm 31 years old, you might think, well, Ryan, you've got you've got like a decade of you could have voted and like you complain things aren't right. Why haven't you voted? It's like, actually, you know, what? The, you know, let me tell you something. The reason I haven't voted in a, in a, in a, in a governatorial election or you know, state election, local election or presidential election outside of Ron Paul was because I didn't know enough about the people running to make an informed decision. I have a moral code that I live by, and I'm not just going to go fill in bubbles because, oh, well, that's, that person's red. Yeah, yeah, let me let me circle that. Oh, that she has a vagina. Let me vote for her. Oh, they're gay. Let me vote for them. I don't just do that. So this is going to be the first time I'm going to vote for, for a governor in this uh, upcoming election. And uh, what, what concerns me, and this isn't about politics, what concerns me is the, the, the general state and the general condition of the collective conscious of the public mind where the average person maybe they're maybe they're able to do this outside of of conversations of this sort but the average person it seems is is unable to to process reality so it's no wonder that the Biden laptop the Biden diary and everything else involved with that family doesn't concern people but likewise when you flip to the other side of the political spectrum you're going to get things that are happening that are very similar if not completely identical and uh, they don't want to talk about that either so it's the one thing that you can obtain bipartisan support for is nobody wants to discuss the other person generally speaking the other person's uh, what's more than dirty laundry it's it's um, illegal activity. Nobody wants to discuss it because everybody has, has been compromised. And the few people that do discuss it, you can tell usually are people that are, well, they're not compromised. But I, you know, I want to show you, this is the disdain. I, I've got some clips for you. This is the disdain that the ruling elite have for the, for the general public. And then I want to show you ways in which we can combat this because that's important. How do we combat this? So... This is this is just an unbelievable video. This is uh, 
right around the time of the 4th of July, this might have actually been on, I think this was on the 4th or 4th or the, I think this was the 4th of July. It was a 4th of July, it was a 4th of July speech by uh, Joe Biden. And uh, Jill Biden had to literally remind him to say, God bless America. This is just, it's just unreal. Here, take a listen to this. Joe Biden does not remember to say, God bless America. He has to be reminded by his wife to do it. At home safely. At home safely. And as a, uh, I used to have a grandpa, every time I walk out of his house in Scranton, he'd say, Joey, keep the faith. And my grandmother would yell, no, Joey, spread it. Let's spread the faith, folks. Thank you all so very, very much. Thanks. God bless America. Okay, and... God bless America. Thank you. Yeah, say God bless America. Okay, uh, okay. Okay, and... God bless America. Thank you. And God protect our troops. Thank you. When you head home... I mean, this is just, you know, standard, par for the course... The guy has dementia. He's he's not really in charge of anything. His wife seems to be more coherent than he is. Here's another clip. This is Joe Biden literally reading everything off of the teleprompter. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. <laughs> so the, the, I'm gonna, one more time, I'm going to play this. He's reading the teleprompter, and then he says, end of quote, repeat the line. That the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Now, let's be fair to Joe Biden, though, because we need, we need to be fair in everything that we address and everything that we look at. If we're not fair, then we're no different than those people that fight dirty and uh, are not honest and omit facts and et cetera. So I looked at the whitehouse.gov website and I tried to find the, the, the speech where he's, he's like, yes, in, in, in quote, repeat the line. Uh, it's July 8th, 2022, speeches and remarks from the Roosevelt Room, 12.04 p.m. And part of what he said, uh, he just misread. So he says, he's quoting, women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who registered to vote, etc. And then the quote is, um, is completed. And then it says, end of quote, and then the next line is, let me repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or. So I don't know. And this is what I can't figure out. I don't know if this is the transcript of of exactly what he said. Or if this is what he was supposed to say and he messed it up. Because it does say, end of quote. Which is probably something you'd want to say when you're. I mean, I do that on this show when you quote something, you know, quote and then end quote. But then the next line is, let me repeat the line. He just says, repeat the line. So he skips over, let me. And then it is kind of jumbled from there. So I don't know if this is like exactly what he said or if this was what it was written to say and he messed it up. But, you know, it just it's not that these videos of, of, of Joe Biden are, are things that we, you know, that we play just to just to have a laugh. I mean, it's really an omen. And it's really a sign that the, the, the people or the, the, the individuals that are in quote-unquote power 
are, are so disconnected from reality and so disconnected from, from the public that they literally live in a different world. Remember when um, George Bush Sr. went to the grocery store and, and just did not have any idea what a scanner was? I mean, the, it's not like it was a new invention at the time. Those little laser scanners at the grocery store had been out for a long time. Bush goes into the store and doesn't know what the laser scanner is. Has no clue. Totally and absolutely disconnected from reality. Has absolutely no clue what a scanner is because the guy has never bought his own groceries. He has no idea. Here's a clip of that, actually. Remember that famous campaign stop where Bush Sr. was discovering, if you will, the wonders of the supermarket scanner. He'd never seen one before. Never seen a supermarket scanner before. President of the United States, never seen a supermarket scanner. Think about what that implies. The, 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 the true ruling class, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. And, and I think, here's the difference. When you have somebody who is passionate I mean, t- take a look at someone like, like Clyde, right? I've been to a lot of events Clyde's been at. People like Clyde can get up and speak about virtually anything. They don't need a, a script. Clyde does a lot of research, and he has a monologue, but he, he does the research. He knows what he's talking about. Give him a microphone. He can, he can do a presentation. I've gotten to that point in my late 20s that I can do the same thing, and I'm passionate, and I know what I'm talking about, so I can be given a microphone, and I can, I can talk about, well, pretty much, you know, anything because I have uh, consciousness. These people do not have consciousness. They do not have awareness. They are literally either reading what their thoughts and their views are. And it's not even what they've written to read. It's what someone else has written to read for them. Or they are unaware of the most basic things that the average person interacts with on a daily basis, like a laser scanner at a grocery store, or they have to be reminded to say, God bless America, because as you've been able to, to, to see here in Tucson, the Democratic Party hosted an event called F the 4th of July, but they actually spelled it out because they hate the 4th of July. And the same day, Joe Biden gives a speech where he has to be reminded by his wife to say, God bless America. And he's still, he's like, oh yeah, um, well, and then she has to say it. They have disdain for America and they have disdain for you. These people do not care about you. And the polls show statistically, the New York Times and Siena College poll, 64% of Democrats do not want the president to run for reelection. And I think it's somewhere like, it's in, it's in the super high percentile uh, of, of young people who are on the left do, do not like the president. I mean, is that just a change of heart in the last year or have they always felt that way? Or like, what's the issue? Is he not? Maybe he's not radical enough. Maybe that's the issue. He's not radical enough. Well, now, you know, there's this other clip circulating. This is Jill Biden. She remembers to say, God bless America. She's. You know, she's really doing her part as she's probably a best. Uh, she's probably a better first lady than he is a first man. Um, she's made this statement. It's been all over the all over social media uh, about Hispanics being unique and uh, related to uh, breakfast tacos. Let's listen to that. 
get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, that's all they have in San Antonio, by the way. It's just breakfast tacos, just Mexicans and tacos. And I've never been to San Antonio, but now I know what they have going on there. They just have tacos. Next time, if I ever go to Texas again, I go to San Antonio, I'm just going to be looking for the tacos. That's all they have. Tacos, tacos, tacos. I mean, I, I, I personally, I hear that statement and I understand that it could be, it could be put into... Um, better context. For example, people on the right don't want it. They want to trash Jill Biden, but they don't want to mention the famous tweet. I believe it was a tweet with uh, Donald Trump where he's eating the taco bowl and he says, happy Cinco de Mayo. He said, I love Hispanics. Now, personally, I don't necessarily see that as, as quote racist. Uh, and I don't necessarily see Jill Biden's uh, quote about breakfast tacos as racist but it, i mean because if you ask me like if you ask me what is your favorite food i'd say well one of my favorite foods is probably sushi and i really like uh uh avocado uh vegetable uh seaweed sushi i don't i don't do fish and uh sushi is not really unique to any other part of the world i mean we eat it everywhere but it's not really unique to any other part of the world except japan so if i said I like sushi and I really like Japanese culture. I mean, is that racist? It's like Jerry Seinfeld said, if I like their race, how can it be racist? So I don't necessarily want to want to say that what Jill Biden's Jill, Jill, not Joe, but Jill Biden said is, is racist. That's not really my prerogative or my argument. I can see how some people would interpret it that way. But if what she said is racist, then Donald Trump with a taco bowl saying, I love Hispanics, that has to be racist, too. I mean, honestly, whether it's Donald Trump or it's Jill Biden, I think the worst is Hillary Clinton. Do you remember Hillary Clinton supporters um, and Hillary Clinton uh, wanting to put taco trucks <laughs> in cities to... Um, to uh, register voters. Remember that? I mean, look it up. New York Daily News, uh, September 2016. Hillary Clinton supports putting taco trucks on every corner. I got to get those Hispanics. They only eat tacos. Got to get those Hispanics. And then when you're on a, on a black radio show in the South and they're like, so Hillary, what do you like to eat? And she's like, I love having some hot sauce. I carry hot sauce with me everywhere I go. I mean, it's just like, I, I personally, I like ethnic jokes. I like racial jokes. It, that's not really the, the, the problem here. I don't know the context of what Hillary Clinton said or what Jill Biden said or Donald Trump's taco bowl. Um, but I do remember the emails, the Hillary Clinton emails. Remember those? And those disappeared from the from the public mind like the Ashley Biden die. Remember the Hillary Clinton emails? Remember those emails where she said, I mean, not only did she call blacks super predators, she called African-Americans and blacks don't think you're just because you're black, you're African-American, but you're, you're American. But she called blacks and African-Americans super predators, just like Joe Biden said, they're going to put you all back in chains. Remember that famous clip? They're going to put you back in chains uh, or, you know, don't vote for Democrats. Then you're you ain't black, he says. But Hillary Clinton in her emails and I remember them, I read them, I read like probably 100 of them, not 
tens of thousands, but I read a couple hundred probably. And uh, one of the emails, she says, we, this, this is a quote, we need more taco parties to get the Hispanics to vote. So Hillary Clinton, we need more taco parties. Jill Biden, breakfast tacos in San Antonio. That's all they have. They're just Hispanics and breakfast tacos. And even Donald Trump. I love Hispanics. Taco Bowl. Personally, I don't see that as, as being offensive. I don't know the context of all these things. But it's just like, what do you keep with you when you travel? I keep hot sauce with me because you're talking to black people in the South. Something is seriously wrong with these people. On the left and on the right. And when we come back from break, we're going to go deeper into this subject. And we're also going to talk about some other news that I think is uh, is very relatable. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us. rdgable at yahoo.com. We'll be back. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio broadcast. Music that you're listening to right now and that you've heard throughout the entire show and that you hear throughout each show is from White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio. They let us use their music for the show, so we appreciate that. If you're just tuning in, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and our website is the name of the show, .info, thesecretteachings.info. If you go to the website, you'll find my books you'll find our full show archive for subscribers you get access to the montage archive the show archive and you get access to the show early in the day plus a private rss feed if you support the show by subscribing or buying a book you keep us on air monday through friday five nights a week 10 p.m to midnight pacific right after ground zero and clyde lewis if you haven't subscribed to clyde's archive it is different than my archive or if you're looking for my archive and Clyde's archive, you'll have to subscribe to my archive separately. That's how it works. If you have any questions, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. We're also on Patreon for behind the scenes content. And we have affiliate sponsors. We're not paid, but we have affiliate sponsors. So if you check them out and you buy something, we get a small percentage Pro One Water Filters is probably the most uh, lucrative and the most beneficial sponsor that we have. We also have the Tuttle Twins, a little more of a um, restricted market for that. Uh, and then we have Transistor FM, which hosts our archive. And uh, Transistor FM, if you're looking to host a podcast, it's like 20 bucks a month. So we're not going to really make anything off that, but I'd recommend that company because they... They've been so great. They helped us get off of uh, this other company that was just terrible. And then there was a glitch in the uh, the podcast radio player, and they fix it within like 12 hours. Uh, no issue, no additional cost. Like this company's been great. I, I think I pay $19 a month to host the archive. It's fantastic. So uh, there's a, uh, an affiliate sponsor if you're, if you're looking uh, to host a podcast or radio show. Uh, which, by the way, I, I don't ever promote this because it's not something that I intend to make any money off of, but we actually have a service here on the secret teachings, part of our Patreon uh, service, uh, where if you're looking to start a podcast or a radio show, um, I am uh, offering my services to, to, to help that uh, process to help you get started in that. So you can check that out on Patreon. Uh, just throw it out there if anybody's interested. And also I really want to thank before we go any further, I want to thank everybody who has reached out to me and offered to proofread my new book. Uh, or has offered to make a cover. Um, I'm probably going to pick like two or three proofreaders, and uh, I'm going to let them know very soon. And then for the cover, I've had two people offer to make a cover. If anybody else is a graphic design artist, it's it's really simple. I've already got a design in my head for the cover of the new book. It's called Liberty Shrugged, and it's over 500 pages. It's going to be available 
hopefully, I'd like to release it sooner than later, uh, but hopefully it'll be available. Uh, maybe I'll release it on uh, in September, uh, the end of the Constitutional Convention in 1787, because it, it deals with that and some other things. A little unconventional look at American history and, and a lot of uh, really good uh, factual pieces of history that you don't hear about, you don't read about, uh, whether you're looking at the left or the right of the political spectrum, or if you're looking, uh, you know, in the standard curriculum in schools, you just don't learn a lot of the stuff. So I think it'll be a really good book, especially as we approach, you know, midterm elections. There's a lot of stuff in this new book that I wrote that is is really basic, simple, common sense and stuff that the average person needs to be informed of to you know eliminate these fallacies and these misconceptions about America and what our government is, what what is a republic, and also to um, to inform you of the of the of the tactics and the propaganda used uh, to convince the public to hand over their power and to hand over their authority to to powerful influences to, to corporations or to you know whatever. Uh, so when, when we, we take a look at some of the things we talked about in the first hour, we know that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, right? And we know that according to the secret service, now we've got a confirmation of the reports of the Hunter Biden iCloud account hack. It's also true. And the Ashley Biden diary, we know that's true. Hell, I've got a copy of one of the pages here where she says she's having showers with uh, her dad, Joe Biden. She says she's being turned on. I assume that's by the showers. I don't know. Or just in general, she was turned on sexually when she wasn't supposed to be. She's having sex at a really young age. She's like touching her vagina when she hears her parents, ha- parents having sex. I mean, some weird stuff, really weird stuff, right? So the laptop, the diary, and now the iCloud and all, all three of those things that that that, that specifically is is dealing with uh, Joe Biden's children, but it also indicates, especially through the laptop, the compromise and the blackmail that Joe Biden is is involved in in regard to his his son and regard to foreign, some of which are hostile nations that use Hunter Biden, the the, the art deals and the and the and the the, the children and the drugs and the prostitutes which the children are part of the blackmail process to get access to the white house, to get access to the American government, to get access to Barack Obama. So that's how the blackmail, that's how the corruption, that's how the fraud, that's how that works. Now to look at the, the overall mindset of, of these people, of, of these uh, individuals that we would refer to as elitists or, you know, the ruling class, we see things like Joe Biden unable to fully read a teleprompter. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. End of quote. Repeat the line. So then you go to the White House website, like I did. I wanted to see, is that just uh, a viral clip that people are taking out of context? And I don't know if the White House put that whole transcript on the on the website or if what he, he just messed up what he was supposed to say, because the website, it says, let me repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or let me be precise and not and or or it's just like a jumbled mess. I don't know. Is that what they wrote or is that just the transcript of what he said? And it's all jumbled and messed up. 
Then you have Jill Biden having to remind Joe Biden has to remind him on the 4th of July to say, God bless America. Head home safely. And as a... Uh, and he's like, ah, pop Every time I walk out of his house in Scranton, he'd say, Joey, keep the faith. And my grandmother would yell, no, Joey, spread it. Let's spread the faith, folks. Thank you all so very, very much. Thanks. God bless America. Okay, and... God bless America. Thank you. Okay, but I'm not going to say it. You say it. And it's, it indicates a disdain for America and American values. It indicates a disdain for the electorate and for the citizenry. It indicates a disdain for, really, for, for you know, everything that represents liberty and freedom in the world. Just, I don't even care about, I don't even care about it. You say it. Then you have Jill Biden. She remembers to say, God bless America, but then she also does, well, what Donald Trump has done, and she does what Hillary Clinton has done and refers to Hispanics and Mexicans as having some relationship to tacos. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, just breakfast tacos in San Antonio. I've never been to San Antonio, but now I know they have really good breakfast tacos. And a lot of people, of course, share that clip and they make jokes and they make memes. But the question is, is that a racist statement? Really, it's not up to me to decide. I don't really care if it is or isn't. But to be fair... Didn't Donald Trump pose with a taco bowl and say, I love Hispanics? Is that the same thing or is that different? And furthermore, this is just a thought experiment. Remember when Hillary Clinton advocated putting taco trucks on every corner to register <laughs> Mexicans to vote? I mean, that, that, that is racist. That is indicative of a disdain for everybody except yourself. That is indicative of a ruling class monster who does not have any idea what it's like to not be in power. Sure, let's get taco trucks and register Mexicans. I mean, that would be like saying, let's get fried chicken and watermelon trucks to register blacks. Let's get, uh, I mean, what, 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 what does every ethnicity eat, right? Let's, you know, let's get like, uh, you know, Chinese food. Uh, we'll get Chinese trucks to, to register Asians. I mean, that's really, I mean... T- Maybe I maybe I should take a stand here. That seems to me to be very <laughs> racist or discri- There's something wrong there. You get taco trucks to register Mexicans. <laughs> I mean, that's that seems weird, right? I mean, but but it, it wasn't just that. It was in the email too. Remember in the email, Hillary Clinton said we need more taco bowls or taco parties to to uh, appeal to the Mexican community. Is that all these people think like does Jill Biden, Hillary Clinton and even Donald Trump is this? Did these people think that Mexicans only eat tacos? I mean, I, I, I've known Mexican people. I don't think they just eat tacos. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the culture, but they don't just eat tacos. But see, then here's the other thing. Uh, the, the, the picture of Donald Trump with the taco bowl. and He's like, I love Hispanics. 
here's the thing. If you ask me what's what's one of my favorite foods, I'd say sushi. I love Japanese culture. That's is that racist or is that discriminatory? No, I, I like Japanese culture. It's foreign. It's unique. It's different. And I would like to go to Japan and I'd like to have real sushi and I'd like to have real ramen. If I make ramen for myself at home, is that cultural appropriation? No. Food is one of those things that's supposed to bring us together so we can learn about different cultures. Unless you're saying, well, Mexicans only eat tacos, so we're going to have taco trucks to register them to vote. I mean, that is classic Southern Democrat KKK level crap. That is classic antebellum era John Calhoun Southern Democratic Party, which was founded to prevent the abolition of slavery. Crap. Classic. And while we're at it, we're going to get you know, we're going to have trucks with uh, Afro combs and watermelon and fried chicken and uh, paternity tests for black people. Right. I'm sure if I ran on that platform, I'd get huge support from the Democratic base. Because, well, for example, the woman running for governor here in Arizona, she's running on a platform of getting black trans people, women, men, I don't know, rape kits. And she has been sued and lost a lawsuit for not paying black people the same amount of money as white people. That's today. That's not in the antebellum era. That's today in 2022. I mean, that that story was from a couple of years ago. Uh, Secretary of uh, State, I believe she was, Katie Hobbs. But look that up. Katie Hobbs not paying black people. She lost the lawsuit. So, I mean, we have this idea that everything has to be labeled racist or it has to be labeled sexist. And we always have to, like, just throw these labels at Republicans, at Democrats, at our friends, at our family. What is, where does that get us? I mean, we should just acknowledge, like, if you say I want taco trucks to register Mexicans, that's probably, that's not right. And uh, we, we just move on from there. I don't think we should dwell on these things. And let me tell you why I don't think we should dwell on these things. When we look at stuff like that and we think of the Hunter Biden laptop and the, the Ashley Biden diary and the, the, the corruption of, of, of the, of the, elites or the ruling class or whatever, the people that went to Epstein's Island or the Alan Dershowitz and Bill Clinton. And you look at these people and you realize, yes, they're compromised. Yes, they are engaged in fraud and gaslighting and propaganda and NLP and uh, what amounts to uh, subtle mind control operations through those various methods like NLP and things of that nature. But the general public is also corrupted and encouraged to commit fraud in the same way for similar reasons. The general public isn't going to be placed into power, but the general public thinks that they will obtain power by placing corrupt individuals in power. What I mean by that is when you take a look at at the history of, of voting, let's say. When we look at voting, voting is something that if we go back to the origin of voting in what we call the United States of America, it's not a well-known thing, and I document this in a chapter in my new book, Liberty Shrugged. In Massachusetts and in New Jersey in particular, women voted. Massachusetts didn't have an exclusive declaration of right for women to vote. It was just assumed that women could vote. In places like New Jersey, 
it was very common practice for women to vote. In places like New York, very common practice for women to vote. There are records of women voting in New York and New Jersey and Massachusetts. The real question is, why did a lot of women not vote? And why did we need a 19th Amendment? Well, although there were people who didn't think women should vote, they thought women should have a place in, in, you know, in the home. Here's the little piece of historical context we're missing. A woman's place in the home was as much a role to be fulfilled by the female as a man's place in the legislature was a role to be fulfilled by the male. In other words, to simplify that statement, women belonged in the home but only because men belonged in the legislature. Or, let's word it a different way, women traditionally fulfilled those roles while men traditionally fulfilled other roles. So if you're concerned with women not participating in politics, it was usually by choice and it was by custom. And if you're concerned over that, you should be as concerned over the male role of males, especially in the 18th century, usually being educated in theology and law and taking up jobs as lawyers and becoming well, what we would call politicians or statesmen that would represent their communities and based on the writings of those times, women trusted their husbands and their brothers and their sons to have their best interest in mind. So we look back into the history of voting and women were allowed to vote. Women just didn't vote typically. It just wasn't a common thing for women to vote. Now, if you go back um, to that time period, late 1700s, you're going to find that there were also women that participated in the Constitutional Convention ratification debates, or I should say the ratification debates after the Constitutional Convention in 1787. Mercy Otis Warren, she was an author. She was a playwright. She wrote poems. Before the revolution and leading up to the revolution, this lady wrote poems and plays mocking British royalty and encouraging and inflaming the public to resist and form a revolution against, against the empire and against the monarchy. Mercy Otis Warren wrote A History of the Rise, Progress, and Termination of the American Revolution. In 1805, it was published. She was involved in the revolution. There are also women called uh, Mary Waterpitcher. In fact, you look that up, you type in uh, Mary, M-E-R-R, I think, Mary uh, Waterpitcher. And these were women that followed their, uh, their husbands, or their brothers, or their sons, uh, on the battlefield. And uh, they, would, um, they would go out there, and they would, some of them, and this is the really wild part, uh, they would actually fulfill the role of their husband or their brother, in some cases, where their husband or brother would, would fall on the battlefield and die, or be wounded, and they would pick up arms in place. A lot of people don't know that. Women literally went onto the battlefield and fought alongside of men during the American Revolution. Do you know that? 
No, they don't tell you that. Did you know women voted in Massachusetts, in New Jersey, in New York? Because that happened, and that's in the historical record. And I want to correct myself. I make a mistake. My bad. Molly, water pitcher. It's Molly, water pitcher, or just Molly, pitcher. It's a nickname given to women who fought in the American Revolutionary War. And um, I said Mary, and uh, I, I know why I got confused. Uh, the, the most off, I, think it was, I think the woman's name was Mary Ludwig Hayes. She fought in the Battle of um, Monmouth in 1778. Do you know that? Do you know that women just didn't really want to fight? They left that up to the men. That was the custom of the day. So while we're going back into this time period, get a little bit of a history lesson. Women fought in the revolution. Women voted. Women were playwrights. Women were, wrote poems. Women were revolutionaries. Uh, this, this other lady who I mentioned, uh, she's in my book, uh, Liberty Shrugged, uh, Mercy Otis Warren, she was one of the anti-federalists. So she was arguing during the ratification debates of the Constitution. Why do I tell you this? Because it wasn't customary for women to vote, but later, especially people like Abigail Adams encouraged more participation from women. She's probably one of the first feminists. It's way different than feminists today. But women were were fulfilling roles just like men were fulfilling roles. And if you go back to the White House website and you play it and listen to that clip again of Joe Biden, he says, one of the most extraordinary parts of, of the decision, in my view, is the majority writes, and I quote, women, and he says it's a quote, women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of men who do so. And that is, that is true. Women tend to vote, register to vote, and go vote at a higher rate than men because men have been domesticated and men have had their gender roles completely reversed. Not only reversed, eliminated. So men don't even take up the, the, um, the mantle of the house. Men just become these, these worthless uh, meat suits. And the women go out and make the decision. So they flipped, in a sense, they flipped the historical gender roles. Now, we just found out today, and I couldn't make this up if I wanted to, the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization says gender is not limited, this is a quote, is not limited to male or female. The World Health Organization says gender is not limited to male or female. Now, when the Constitution was ratified and when later amendments were added, the Constitution did not have to be changed to allow women to have a right to vote or blacks to have a right to vote for, for, you know, for all intents and purposes. We're talking about more than just women, more than just African-Americans the Constitution didn't have to be changed. In fact, we the people encompass all people. It doesn't say we the white people or we the white men. All men being created equal in the Declaration is a declaration that men or men or man or mankind being both sexes are created equal. Right? These ideas are timeless. These ideas 
can only change when we undermine or we misunderstand the meaning so that we today, through social justice and political correctness, we destroy the past in order to rebuild uh, a, a, a new future, to, 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 to rebuild the, the present world for a, for a different kind of a future. So just like the uh, Katanji Jackson Supreme Court Justice, the World Health Organization, uh, they don't know what male or female is. Yet this is the same World Health Organization, same exact one, the same World Health Organization that is urging the return, as of today, July 13th, the return of masks because COVID-19, the pandemic, is, quote, nowhere near over. The WHO is urging governments to reinstate COVID measures like masking and ventilation as its leader speaks of concerns over an increasing trend of deaths. What is an increasing trend of death? What the hell is an increasing trend of deaths? How about just an increase of deaths? But even an increase of deaths, I mean, if you have a thousand people dying a week, let's say, just a, we'll just, we'll use a hundred. We'll use a nice, nice number like a hundred. You have a hundred people dying a week. And then that begins to wane. And now you have 10 people dying a week. If it jumps back up to 15, it's not significant, but the numbers are rising again. So it's an increasing trend. How much is the increase, though? As the British government, along with many others of uh, wealthy countries, have all but abandoned coronavirus restrictions, the WHO Director General, Dr. Tedros Adhanom, has said the pandemic is nowhere near over. So you need to bring back the masks, bring back the social distancing, bring, bring it all back, right? The way, that, the way that we can connect together everything we've discussed so far and this subject to COVID-19 is, is through what I call cultural BDSM. I've done a couple of shows in this. Cultural BDSM, the masochists and the sadists sadistic people, people that want to hurt themselves, want to hurt others, and they derive pleasure from both or one or the other. The public has not only been gaslit and propagandized and manipulated and misdirected. The public, just like Ashley Biden's diary, just like Hunter Biden's laptop, just like the iCloud leak or hack from Hunter Biden, confirmed this week by the Secret Service. Those people are compromised and those people are blackmailed. But the general public is also compromised and blackmailed. When we can't agree on what a woman is or we can't agree on what, um, you know, what the effectiveness is of a mitigation you know, policy and it doesn't work, but let's bring it back again, uh, tightening the noose, loosening the noose, this is all an exercise that isn't so subtle and for lack of a better term or terms mind control it is neurolinguistic programming it is propaganda it is rhetoric it is meant to compromise your sense of judgment and that's what we're going to talk about in the final segment tonight compromising your judgment and your character i'm ryan gable this is the secret teaching stay with us
you're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Most of us are well aware of the hellish diary of Ashley Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop and the Hunter Biden iCloud account that has been hacked. We're well aware of the First Lady of the United States referring to San Antonio as a place of breakfast tacos for Mexicans, and the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton saying we should use tacos and taco trucks to get Hispanics to uh, register to vote. And also uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton saying that uh, in an email, we need more tacos and taco parties and taco bowls for Mexicans because that's all they understand is tacos, tacos, tacos. And uh, 
we even know former President Trump with his little taco bowl. And he said, I love Hispanics, but, you know, I also love sushi and I like Japanese culture. Does that make me a racist? I don't know. I think having taco trucks to register Hispanics to vote, I think that's um, that's way more demeaning and discriminatory. And it's really indicative of the ruling class elite mindset. One that is malleable through blackmail and corruption. One that is disconnected completely and entirely from reality. And despite the fact that we constantly hear this avalanche, this tsunami of support for democracy, a lot of people don't stop and ask, what is democracy? Democracy is a dangerous thing. That's what democracy is. Democracy is a mob. That's what democracy is. Democracy is something that, well, if you want to preserve the rule of law and protect the rights of all people, you definitely do not want to live in a democracy. You want to live in a republic where there is sympathy between those in power and those who they serve. The republic is infringed when the state surrenders the rule of law entirely. Our Constitution protects and guarantees states will have a republican form of government. One of the founding fathers and a former vice president under James Madison, Elbridge Gerry, says, The evils we experience flow from the excess of democracy. The people do not want virtue, but are the dupes of pretended patriots. That statement could not be any more accurate, any more true. The evils we experience flow from the excess of democracy. The people do not want virtue, but are the dupes of pretended patriots. I don't have to tell you. Most of your congressmen, most of your congresswomen, most of your senators, most of your gubernatorial candidates, most of the people that run for political office, for president or for whatever, they are pretend patriots. They are pretend Americans. Joe Biden had to re be reminded to say, God bless America. Now, when we look at American culture and we think, well, this is a Christian nation, it's not a Christian nation. Most of the framers, most of the founders, most of the ratifiers were agnostics. They were not Christian. But it's believed that in order to maintain representative government in a republic, you have to have a virtuous and an educated citizenry and electorate. If you don't, well, then you just get an excess of democracy. You have people that know nothing of and certainly don't want anything to do with virtue. They just want to be these dupes of pretended patriots, right? Democracy is anarchy. Demos is not the people. Demos is the mob. Demic is the people. I mean, it, really, you should say, a, you know, a democracy, a demos, it would be a demicocracy would be for the people, which we have a name for that. It's called a republic. A demos, a democracy, is a rule by mob. In order to preserve the rule of law, you have to have a virtuous and you have to have a moral, and you have to have a educated and informed citizenry and electorate. That's the only way 
you can preserve the rule of law. If not, and if you can't preserve the integrity of what it means to be an educated, informed citizen, i.e. civics, then voting is useless and worthless. And this is where we've, this is where we've, we've arrived at. Well, you have the President of the United States saying, oh, yeah, well, women go out and they vote more than men and they register more than men. That's a true statement. But why is he saying that? He's saying that because, well, want women to go out and vote for Democrats who will support abortion codification um, legislation. That's the only thing. And there's going to be a lot of really dumb women and a lot of really dumb men that go vote just for Democrats just because of abortion. People that do that are not virtuous, they're not moral, and they're not educated. This is going to be the first election I vote in for governor as an adult. Why? Because, well, um, I personally didn't know enough about the way that the system worked. Now I do. Now I understand how the system works. Now I understand how politics work. And now I feel that I am a responsible, educated citizen, and I'm going to go vote as, as, a, um, as a way in which to exercise my civic duty and exercise my civil rights, not my civil liberties, my civil rights. I'd like to exercise my civil rights to vote for people who will protect my civil liberties. Okay, you don't have a civil liberty to voting. Voting is something that you are granted, is a right when you become a member of society. Otherwise, if you have no investment in the community, you should not be voting. I'm not going to get into all the details. I do that in one of the chapters of my new book, Liberty Shrugged. But I will tell you that it's a big thing here in Arizona, and uh, the Supreme Court of the United States um, has ruled in, in, um, in favor of voter IDs. But now the, this, is, this is wild. Uh, the state of Arizona is being sued because... They want to have voter identification. And they're being sued by the, by the Department of Justice over this voter identification. It's kind of a weird thing, right? You would think, you would think that people would, um, would want there to be restrictions on voting. For citizens, anyway. But no, the Arizona state, state of Arizona, is being sued by the Department of Justice over voter registration that requires proof of citizenship. I mean, I, I don't know how the Department of Justice can sue the state of Arizona because if you don't have legal citizenship, it's, it's not legal to vote. Period. So, I mean, if you're not a citizen, you can't vote. Period. People don't understand what it means to be a citizen. They don't understand what civics are. They don't understand what it means to, to vote. And that takes us back to, to a gentleman named Alexander Teitler. And uh, if you excuse me for one second, I've got to plug in my laptop here. It's about to die. All right, it's all plugged in now. It takes us back to a guy named Alexander Teitler. Teitler was a professor... And he was a um, 
an advocate for uh, educating the public on the dangers of democracy. Um, it wasn't his entire uh, you know, background, but Alexander Teitler is a Scottish historian, professor at the University of Edinburgh, and he famously addressed the dangers of democracy. And he said, The average age of the world's greatest civilization has been 200 years. These nations have progressed through this sequence. From bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to apathy, from apathy to dependence, from dependence back into bondage. Now, if you study the the antebellum period before the Civil War, 1800s, you'll find that, um, if you go back further, you'll find that uh, you know voting for women was a common thing. Women were voting in the late 1700s in Massachusetts and New Jersey and New York. I document that in my new book as well, Liberty Shrugged. Women were voting. Uh, there were women like uh, uh, this lady named Otis, Otis Mercy, and, uh, or M- Mercy Otis, Mercy Otis, last name Warren. Uh, but she went uh, by Mrs. James Warren, Mercy Otis, by her husband's name. She was a playwright. She wrote poems prior to the revolution. She was also one of the uh, one of the the anti federalists during the ratification process of the Constitution. Nothing stopped her from doing these things. It just wasn't common for women to participate. You go back and you look at something like the Three Fifths Compromise, right? The Three Fifths Compromise. This always gets people so upset. The Three Fifths Compromise of the Constitution is that all oh, black people are only three fifths of a person. On the contrary, it was actually about taxes and about representation. You had people that didn't believe you know, African-Americans were people, so they kept them as slaves based on this, this manufactured concept of white supremacy, which has a lot to do with economics. And they didn't think blacks were people until it came time to vote. Then suddenly, well, we want to count these black people to, 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 um, to, to acquire more representatives in, in Congress. So the three-fifths compromise was a compromise, meaning people didn't necessarily, you know, agree with counting slaves as, as people for, for more political representation to expand the state of slavery. That's, you know, we're not taught this. But all these little omissions and inconsistencies in our history that we're just kind of nudged to believe that one thing or another thing is true. This is all part of the process of compromising our integrity and of undermining the rule of law so that we slip into a state of apathy and dependency and we continue to vote for people and continue to support people who do not have our best interests in mind, nor do they have the best interests of the city, of the county, uh, or of the state, or of the country in mind. So again, while most of us are aware of the diary, the laptop, and the iCloud account of the president's children, a lot of us are not aware that we are becoming just as malleable and just as alterable and changeable through similar forms of blackmail and corruption. One of those forms of blackmail, the public is, is, um, is made to suffer, is emotional blackmail. And it corrupts the minds and it corrupts the spirits and it makes people willing to give in and give up and to do things they otherwise wouldn't do because they've been emotionally blackmailed with, with ideas that if you don't support this or that, you hate women or you hate blacks or you hate African Americans or you hate this or you hate that. Maybe 
you 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 like Mexicans, so you want to use taco trucks to register Mexicans and Hispanics like Hillary Clinton wanted to do. She said it's not racist, it's delicious, she says. When you, when you have a public made vulnerable by this emotional blackmail and this corruption, you have an undermining of public confidence in the system, undermining of morale. You no longer have a functioning republic, and you certainly have a functioning democracy. A democracy that is indicated and controlled through the process of mob rule and mob violence in some cases. The mob doesn't get what they want. People riot. And, I mean, we have two branches, two sections, two segments, two chambers of Congress because the Senate, like the Roman Senatus, is supposed to be the chamber, uh, the House, uh, or as you know, Cortez called it, the uh, the what was it? She say this? That's the second branch of government is the Senate. Sure, but uh, it's supposed to be a preservation against uh, the emotional hysteria, the emotional reactions, the public um, uh, emotions that can sometimes drive policy. So, in understanding all this, I, I we I think we need to we need to, to draw the comparison more directly. When, when we look at, and we laugh and we think it's funny, we look at Joe Biden, we look at Jill Biden, Mexican taco comment, we look at Hillary Clinton, even you know, President Trump with his taco bowl. Um, we, we look at these people and we laugh and we have, a, we have a comment and we have some opinions and we look at, maybe we look at the Ashley Biden diary, the Hunter Biden laptop, the Hunter Biden iCloud account leak. You know, it's, it's something where the Biden administration has announced that they're going to run for a second term, despite the fact that only, I mean, maybe 13% of the public thinks the country is going in the right direction. Six, even 64% of Democrats, according to the New York Times and a Siena College poll, found that they, they, uh, they want another candidate for, for, the, for the White House. 64% of the Democrats want another candidate, but the White House is going to run for re-election anyway. Where do they get that support? Where do they get the money? Where, do they, where are they going to get uh, the support to do that? Don't you think the Democratic Party would be like, no, you need to step down because you're going to get slaughtered in the election, so we need to find another candidate who could actually compete. They don't care. Why don't they care? Because they act like people with their words and with their actions who are not only disconnected from reality, but who never have to suffer the consequences of their actions and who have essentially orchestrated a complex and elegant coup d'etat, wherein the rule of law, as far as they're concerned, is suspended, and they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and there are no repercussions. In other words, they become incredibly and increasingly arrogant. And no matter what the public wants, even when it's the mob of their own supporters saying, we don't want you to run for office again. You're horrible. I can't afford my avocado toast, says 64% of Democratic voters. They say, we're going to run anyway. That shows you the level of arrogance and the level of, of conceit that they have for their own voter base, for their own electorate. And that is a result of the undermining of faith in the system and the undermining of the, the education and, and the virtue of the public to continue to vote for these useless, 
worthless politicians and these useless, worthless, old people that have been in government forever who have done nothing to make your life better. When you have 10 or 15 term people that have literally been in office their entire lives or people that have been in you know, the mayor for 20 years or whatever that, that have done nothing. Look, look, at, look at what Lori Lightfoot, well, look at what happened to her. She used to be like you know, a, a regular looking black lady. Now she looks like an alien. Look at what that woman has done to, sh- to Chicago. Look at what lovely Warren did to Rochester, New York. Look at what the, the mayor of Tucson is doing to Tucson. And you know how they get those votes? Well, Lori Lightfoot's black. Lovely Warren, black. Mayor of uh, Tucson. Don't even want to say her name, but mayor of Tucson. She is, well, she's Hispanic. So why do you think she's getting the vote? Regina Romero doesn't even spend most of her time in Tucson. She spends most of her time in Washington or tweeting at Washington, trying to get a big government job. She doesn't care about the homelessness, the drugs. Why do you think these people are elected to office? Is it because they're decent citizens? They're moral? No, they get elected to office because they play the race card. They play the I'm black vote for me card. They play the I'm Hispanic vote for me card. On the other hand, you have plenty of blacks, Hispanics, whites, greens, purples, yellows, reds, etc. That are Democrats and Republicans who are elected because of their policies and what they represent. Not because of the color of their skin. Which indicates to me that, once again, just like Hillary Clinton's taco trucks for Hispanic registration for voting is indicative of the classic antebellum era John Calhoun, Southern Democrat ideology. And I have a chapter on the party switch in my book, Liberty Shrugged, as well. The party switch is basically this, an ideology shift. Sure, the parties don't necessarily matter as much. Republican Party was founded as an anti-slavery party. Democrats were founded as a pro-slavery party in the 1820s. But the main issue here is, like Noah Webster of Connecticut, who, you know, who we have the famous dictionary, the Webster Dictionary. He said government was necessary based on what was necessary. Government is only, you know, based on necessity and utility. And he said, when you select a representative for that system, let principle be your guide. Regard not the particular set of denomination of the candidate. Look at his character. And his also means her, by the way, in the old 18th century English. Same with man or, you know, man, mankind. Let principle be your guide. And when you confuse people and you undermine people's sense of decency and virtue and you prevent them from educating themselves, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. Black, white, Hispanic, I don't care. You force people into a state of selfishness that creates apathy That leads to dependence on those people, and that leads to bondage. In other words, I don't care if it's the Democratic Party, Republican Party, I don't care if you're black, you're white, Hispanic, Asian, I don't care. What I'm concerned with is that same Southern Democrat Ku Klux Klan, John Calhoun ideology is alive and well today. Because just like those Southern Democrats, just like those Southern 
promoters of slavery, just like the northern promoters of slavery, just like many Republicans who were supporting slavery at the time. They made everything about race. Everything. This is what the modern Democratic Party does. Everything is about race. Everything is about taco bowls, Hispanics. I love Hispanics. Taco bowls, Taco Tuesday. Let's have tacos, tacos, Hispanics, uh, taco trucks. You ain't black unless you vote for me. I bring hot sauce when I come to the South and hang out with black people because that's what you people eat, right? Hot sauce and watermelon. Hillary Clinton, Jill Biden, you name it. Joe Biden, you ain't black. You don't vote for me. This is that old idea. It's not Democrat. It's the old ideology of the Southern Democrats. Yeah, the party switch, but it's really not about the logo or the color. It's about the ideology. If you make everything about race and you want people to be apathetic and dependent on you as a leader, then you're putting people into bondage. Like Alexander Teitler said, you are advocating for slavery of the mind and of the body in the 21st century. If you want an uneducated, slaves weren't allowed to read and write, if you want an uneducated, selfish, apathetic, dependent, and bound electorate, sure, you might speak for black folks today, but they ain't black if they don't vote for you. You are supporting the plantation structure. You are supporting tyranny in all of its forms whenever and wherever it has ever manifested in the history of mankind. And those people that are selfish and apathetic and dependent and bound are not people of principle and they're certainly not people of virtue and they're certainly not educated. And that's not even necessarily their fault. That's why I do this show to teach you what I learn. I learn alongside of you. I learn every single day. I wrote my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I learned so much writing that book. I didn't even tend to write a book. I was just writing a little, a little essay, and then it turned into a book. Uh, it's taken me about a month to write and put together, and now I'm doing the, the post-production on it. And I learned so much in that book. Women were voting in Massachusetts. Women were voting in New Jersey long before the 19th Amendment. And the only reason black folks started to vote initially for Democrats was because the Democratic Party and the Ku Klux Klan, even way before the Reconstruction era and the Civil War, organized campaigns of terror against white people who tried to help black people to get to the polls to vote, white people who tried to help black folks register to vote. Do you know that? The first congressman assassinated was assassinated because he was trying to get African Americans to vote. Did you know that? Did you know that Abraham Lincoln was, well, assassinated in part because of, because of the issues of race and slavery? Do you know that, um, you go back in history, in some places, Republicans didn't get a single vote. Why? Because Democrats and members of the KKK were actively engaged in terrorizing and even murdering African Americans and whites who tried to go vote for Republicans. One, and this is you could find this on the History Channel 
uh, or the History Web Channel website. They, they even have a, a whole page on this. The 1868 Louisiana massacre between the admitted white supremacist Democratic Horatio Seymour and Ulysses S. Grant. Black voters were segregated, terrorized, and murdered alongside of whites in Louisiana, in the city of Opelousas. Democrats intimidated everybody into voting for their ticket in a process aimed at restoring their racial hierarchy. According to the History Channel website, Republicans who weren't killed fled or switched parties. According to one of the people at the St. Landry Parish in Louisiana, I am fully convinced that no man on that day could have voted any other than the Democratic ticket and not have been killed inside of 24 hours. This isn't about Republicans and Democrats. This is about the same techniques, the same tactics, the same terror, the same creation of an uninformed and selfish and dependent population of people that will keep putting them in power because just like Joe Biden is blackmailed, just like Hunter Biden and Ashley Biden are part of the blackmail, part of the corruption, you as the public are also blackmailed. You are also made corrupt. You are also prevented from learning how to read and write civics. You are prevented from understanding how the system works. All you know is democracy, good. People have the right to make a choice. The irony is that democracy in the form of mob rule, which is what demos means, really is the opposite of the people making the minds up for them, their minds up for themselves. It's really a mob of violent people or a mob of ignorant people demanding that their wishes are heard, not that the rule of law be preserved for the protection of all people. This is a very, very dangerous, dangerous thing. And there's a lot of ways they, they keep you scared. Here's one of them. New York just put out a nuclear attack preparedness video. Take a listen to this. There's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay, so what do we do? So the emergency, the Department of Emergency Management launched that public service announcement on what to do if there is a nuclear attack. It features three steps. Get inside, head to a basement or the middle of a building. Remove all of your outer clothing and monitor updates from the government and the media again. The department says no specific threat has been made to the city, but they just want you to be prepared. They want you to be prepared. Now, maybe there's nothing to this. Maybe it's just the city just wants you to be prepared for a nuclear attack. That's fine. Maybe they're worried about those J-390 planes that Hitler had bombing New York uh, at the end of World War II. But what does this do to the public? This, this scares people. Is there a threat? No. Is there an imminent threat? Certainly not. So why are you, why are you putting out this PSA? Can you put out, put out a PSA to, to encourage people to learn about civics or learn about the benefits of... I don't know, uh, you know, certain nutrition or make sure you're prepared for a nuclear attack. And meanwhile, you have the World Health Organization. It's not through fear. It's through confusion. The World Health Organization says gender is, quote, not limited to male or female. We have a Supreme Court judge who can't define what a female is or what a woman is. Yeah, these are the same people that are telling us now that we need to put our masks back on. Not my opinion. This is what the director general of the World Health Organization is saying. We need to put our masks back on because there's an increasing trend of deaths 
We need to lock down again, make sure that, you know, we do all these mitigation procedures again that did nothing the first time. Fear, confusion, and emotional blackmail. That's how you, like Joe Biden, are controlled. That's how you become a puppet. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in. Artie Gable at Yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. Please check us out Monday through Friday, five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. If you have any questions, again, email me, rdgable at yahoo.com. The music tonight, White Bad Audio. If you go to our website, you'll find not only my books, but you'll find that subscription archive to subscribe. You get access to the show early in the day. You get the montages. You get the digital versions of my books. It's a really great deal. And if you don't support us, we're not here. That's the only way we're able to support this show. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the next broadcast. Thank you.